Brothers. Woo! Alrighty, we are back. Back at camp at Camp Good Boy. Welcome back to Camp Good Boy. Um, let's see what we got on the old TV today. It's, it's truly good morning, campers. Ah, it's 12.16. Good afternoon, campers. Um, let's see what we got today. Um, let's see. I really love... the One of the best decisions ever made, and I, I'm not alone in this, is cutting the cord, <laughs> cutting my cable cord. Um, although I didn't technically cut the cord because there is a cord from my Roku to my TV. But those big cable packages... Even like a satellite dish, like DirecTV or um, like Frontier Spectre or Frontier, whatever it is, like, ooh, Raptor. Eh, I don't know. I don't want to do Comet TV. I did that last week. Um, it Like those cable bills, I think there's actually a cable bill on TV right now. Those bill, yeah, there is those fucking bills. You you pay like two hundred dollars, and you have all these channels, which I actually liked because it's good for channel surfing. And YouTube TV actually isn't good for channel surfing because it's only like seventy channels. But those, yeah, those those big cable bills. The, the nice thing though is that you there's never if you're sitting around watching TV all day, there's no shortage of anything on. You can always find like a like a nice fletch on or something. There's always something you can find, which is which is nice about it. But like it really missed me on those big cable bills. Um, I just let YouTube TV keeps it nice and tight. Die Hard. Uh, yeah, we can watch Die Hard. Um, we can watch Die Hard. This has been on AMC a ton. Okay, so he just killed. He just had his first kill. He killed uh, Carl. Or no, Carl's brother. I forget what his name is. Um, it's amazing how, <laughs> like, the, 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 it's such a great little detail. The, how clean his white wife beater shirt was in this and then how fucking dirty it gets. Um, and it's, it's amazing to me, the expression white wife beater shirt and how if you, I, like I remember I went to Catholic high school uh, and Catholic um, junior high and Catholic elementary school, but Catholic high school, uh, I went, I think I, my first year there was 96, 96, 97. And I think that's when the white wife beater shirts really made its way into, you didn't have to beat your wife in order to wear one. You could be a, um, you could be a, just a fucking kid and wear one. And I think maybe Brandon was the first one that told me that's what it was, but I'm sure he heard it somewhere else. But yeah, the white wife beater undershirt, uh, and like every kid would wear them and you could see the outline of it. Uh, underneath like our dress shirts, especially if you wore a white dress shirt. And I mean, I got to say when I still see people wearing that, like if you want to wear an undershirt, wear an undershirt. But when I still see, there was something so like chachi about seeing the outline of a white, white feeder shirt (laughs) underneath a dress shirt. And, and I got to say, when I still see guys rocking that, I just want to be like, bruh, you don't need that. Again, if you want to wear an undershirt, just wear a fucking t-shirt underneath. But the seeing that that wife beater shirt underneath a dress shirt is the fucking tackiest look. It, it, it's it, I'm sorry, like it is. It's just a very tacky look, and you you need to you just need to be aware of that because it's not a good look. Um, but in Die Hard, John McClane wears one, but not, at no point. Uh, 
do you see him hit <laughs> Holly? Now maybe he did, and that's what uh, messed up their marriage. Even though I don't, I don't think it was. But um, yeah, that uh, it's it's funny how that thing starts off sparkling white, and then by the end of the movie, it's just this fucking <laughs> insanely brown. It's I mean just so dirty. It's it's really funny. Um, the the hell he goes through this night. Um, and yeah, so I, I think public service announcement, ditch the, ditch the tank top undershirt. I'm sorry. I think I, I, I just, yeah, I, it's just, it's a tough look. It, it just is. Um, and it's just amazing that those were called wife beaters. Um, because I'm sure there's guys that don't wear those that have beaten their wives, but there was just something so wife beater about them. And I have to imagine that there was a husband out there who was like, I've never laid a finger on my wife. Like, don't loop me into your fucking trend. Like, what? I just wear this because it's hot. <laughs> I live in Texas and it's hot. What, what? I mean, what? We what? And then ends up like hitting his wife out of frustration. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy to me how much like with kids, we wanted to emulate abusive husbands. <laughs> like oh, the nineties, uh, it was just the nineties. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I was all about them. And I, I remember I used to wear them to the gym. Like I was so into lifting, uh, in the nineties, like not, not like working out, like lifting, like curls and bench press. Like I remember I used to be so obsessed with it to the point where I, I would always ask somebody how much they could bench. Like, like that was such a nineties thing to ask somebody like, what do you bench? Um, and I remember I used to go to gold's gym wearing the wife beaters and I just looked like such a fucking just, it didn't work because like my personality is so not like jock. My personality isn't wife beater, but it's not like jock, <laughs> uh, douche at all. And it was just, yeah, it was just a phase. Like I used to take creatine, like creatine, like that was, that stuff is so bad for you. I mean, I was fucking big. Like I was really big and I, it definitely messed with like my shoulder and I don't think it messed with any like growth, but I used to hammer that creatine and like the powder. And then I remember when I went to boarding school, I took, I switched over to the creatine, the serum and took that. And I mean, and, and it's weird. You don't get like cut. You just get big and bulky. Um, and it just was, it was a tough, it was just a bad look. Um, it was a bad, bad look. Uh, and that stuff's so bad for you. Um, but yeah, that was my, I, we, we all had that wife beater phase. I feel like everyone had that, that, that phase like those. And, and it's weird that they were so cool. You know what it was though? It was just, you were just trying to be funny. I, I, I think that's what it was because they were called wife beaters and it's like, Oh, funny. I want to wear one. And they're not, it's not a great look. Like, it's weird that we how much those things caught on. Um, uh, I love this part in Die Hard where he's, like, such, this is great. I don't know if this was in the script or if this was, like, a a thing that maybe the director put there. If it was in the script, it's great screenwriting. This is an ac- excellent example of great screenwriting if it was in the script. But McLean just killed the guy. He just sent him on the elevator with the shirt that says, now I have a machine gun, ho, ho, ho. And he, they're, they're after him. They're trying to find him. And he's, he's kind of running through the vents. And there's a picture of like naked women on the wall. <laughs> and he, just, he runs by and he sees it and he looks at it, of course. And then he runs off. But then when he comes back through the second time, he like pats it. He like, he like slaps it like he's... um 
like the play like a champion today sign it in the Notre, Notre Dame locker room. He just slaps it. And I hope that that was in the script because to me, that's just, that's, that's a sign of just excellent screenwriting because it's just a great character detail. And it's just a great like tonal detail of, of like this movies never gets it, it, as serious as the situation is. It still remains like oddly light because of like McLean and Bruce Willis and, um, yeah, it, that's it's just a great detail. I wonder, I wonder if that was in the script or if that was like a thing that they put in while they were filming, which sometimes happens. You know, that's why like these scripts, they're really like the God. These things are just never done, and there's only like you write them and you want to like present the movie and put your best foot forward. But sometimes there's things as the process goes on of like getting on set and 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 seeing how everything's sort of playing out. Like you think of things on set while the movie's getting made and i wonder if that's what that was um because again there's just things there's only so much that kind of the writer can think about just on his own or like with a writing partner um but yeah i would like to um i don't know maybe i'll watch the director commentary someday um which i used to do so much uh i used to watch director commentary like it was fucking going out of style and I had the direct, I had the entire Friday the 13th, um, box set that Brandon got for me for Christmas one year. And I remember in New York city, I used to watch, first of all, I've, I've, well, I've seen all those movies several times, but I used to watch the director commentary of those. And I don't know. So there was something great about director commentary and does it hold up? Like, has anybody out there done the director commentary in a while? Like something, it's weird. Like, I don't know if I could ever do it on like a TV. There was something about, okay, so I lived in a very, very, like Brandon and I lived illegally in New York city. Like we squatted illegally. Like we were not supposed to be there. Like uh, we lived in this electrician's warehouse with fucking rats down in the basement and these little, like (laughs) these little dwellings that weren't supposed to be there. Um, which is why as soon as we were leaving LA, eventually the fire department caught wind of it and evicted us. Although we or vacated us, although we were able to stay, we were able to stay longer, but, uh, the, now I need to get into the guy that let us stay there. I'm not going to get too much into it, but just, it was a very, just bizarre, very like eighties bohemian starving artist kind of life we had there living illegally in these dwellings that weren't, that were like basically built, but that, that weren't supposed to be there. And we lived with a total pack rat hoarder, this old electrician shout out, um, Jim, uh, he's one of like the best people I've ever known because he allowed us to live there for super cheap. Um, super cheap, meaning that I was living in lower Manhattan for $300 a month, which is that, that's that was something that existed in like the 70s and 80s that doesn't exist in new york city anymore and if you can pull that off like good good on you because i feel like that city has really done a good job getting rid of that but um yeah so i i had this very basically my little dwelling was the size of about a queen size bed like that was the size of the the room. Like it wasn't like I had a bed on the floor. I did have a bed on the floor, but that the size of the bed was the entire room was the entire room. That so I was in there for six years. And my my head where my where my pillows were was right against a stairway that went up to like million dollar lofts. So like the ground floor was where this guy, this electrician, he owned the ground floor and that's where he had his business and lived. 
and then the upstairs were, were beautiful lost but so i would hear just like you know banging every night of people going upstairs but anyway so i didn't have a tv but i had this little uh, uh portable dvd player and there was something about having the portable DVD player in this tiny dwelling with headphones on. It was a little bit more intimate of a setting where director commentaries just like, it was basically a great dwelling for director commentaries. It was the perfect setting for it. Cause I don't know that I'd watch a director commentary on my TV. Also, this was before like like smartphones and iPhones. So like when you're home watching a movie, it's easy to get distracted by picking up your phone. I would imagine it's even e- it's even it's even harder to stay stay, stay distracted on a movie with a director commentary because it, it's just it's just, it was just it's hard it's just it's just harder. So I feel like I feel like director commentaries are maybe not as popular as they used to be but but again i I, my setting my my little dwelling was set up perfectly for director commentaries i'd shut the lights off and when the lights were off in my little spot you couldn't see a fucking thing even when your eyes would get used to the dark it was like still pitch black so i would i would get huddled in there headphones on tiny portable uh, dvd player watching uh director commentaries and i god i loved it i would i would literally i'd watch the movie then like take a break from it and then come back and, and watch it with the director commentary and uh, i it was so fun it was it was so fun um a real magical uh um anti-social <laughs> time in my life um so yeah, so Die Hard is on now, and it's been on AMC a lot lately. I don't know why. Maybe it's I'm not sure why they're showing it a lot. And I'm not going to get into the Christmas movie of of it all. Um, you know, I got to say, just like uh, A League of Their Own, I never. This is another internet thing because I never was aware that Die Hard was considered a Christmas movie or not. To me. And I've kind of gone back and forth on this. When I first saw Die Hard was probably, I can't remember if the first time, I think the first time I saw it again, it was probably something that Brandon and I rented. And so it came out in 88, but I didn't see it then. I think the first time I saw it might've been like, like 92 or 93. We definitely rented it from our, from our video rental store. And like my, I, I remember being like, oh, cool, Christmas, because I remember that Run DMC song was on that Christmas album uh, with the Keith Haring artwork on the album cover, and it had like Santa Baby by Madonna and Santa Claus is Coming to Town by Bruce Springsteen, where it sounds like Bruce Springsteen's taking a, a massive shit in <laughs> that song. Like, he's just straining so hard during that song. And Baby Please Come Home by U2, and then the Run DMC song is on there. And that song was played at the beginning of Die Hard when he's in the limo with Argyle. And I remember being like, oh, that's cool. Like, but I never thought of it as a Christmas movie. Like, like I think of Home Alone as a Christmas movie, or A Miracle on 34th Street as a Christmas movie, or Christmas Vacation as a Christmas movie. It always just seemed to me like a movie that just so happens to be set around Christmas. Christmas is just kind of, is, is just there for texture. Like if you think Die Hard's a Christmas movie, to, I, I totally get it because 
Um, I just, I, I, it all depends on what your definition of a Christmas movie is. And it's, it's such an inconsequential debate. And, and again, it's, it's one of those debates where people get way too fired up about it. And it's like, what does it fucking matter? <laughs> like, who, like, what are we arguing about? Who, like, who cares? Um, but if, if somebody had to, t- like, if somebody had like Molly tied up my dog and they're like, we're going to, we're going to throw your dog off of this building ledge if you don't give us an answer i'd and it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong i just have to give an answer (laughs) in this scenario i would say it's not a christmas movie um because it's just you could set this movie at any time and i think you're still like man that would be that movie's awesome like if you again the, the the christmas stuff adds great texture to it and i don't know that it would Certain things would feel a tiny bit empty, but I still think that you could, this movie could exist without some of the Christmas stuff. Because when I, when I first saw Die Hard, I wasn't like, oh, what a great Christmas movie. I was like, oh, what a great movie. So it really doesn't matter to me if people, if, if somehow it's like, it's official, like, um, like some sort of like Juneteenth thing where it's like, this is official now. And it's like, so that's officially like, uh, like, uh, acknowledged as a federal are going to be like a holiday. And, and it's, if there's ever a moment where, where like the world or the government grants Die Hard a Christmas movie, I won't give a fuck. But uh, in my mind, it isn't. Uh, it just happens to t- it just so happens to take place during Christmas. But it just it doesn't change the fact for, to me that it's like whether or not Die Hard's one of the best Christmas movies ever made. It's like. No, Die Hard's just one of the best movies ever made, period. Christmas movie or no, it's one of the best movies ever made. And I'll die on that hill. Um, I'll die hard on that hill, actually. (laughs) I will die hard on that. Like, if I do die on that hill, it's going to be me in the Nakatomi building with terrorists after me. Uh, I'll survive, and then you'll make a sequel. <laughs> where I'm, if I die on that hill, you'll get you'll get six movies out of it because I won't go down easy. And I don't think most people would disagree. Like, Die Hard's one of those movies. Like, who hates Die Hard? If like if you don't like Die Hard, it's not the end of the world. But like, I don't know. <laughs> you should probably see somebody because uh, it's like a perfect movie um, and one that I can watch over and over again. Um, so that's what that is. I, um, yeah. And you know what? It's a wonderful life. Oddly, that's more of a Christmas movie, but I saw it's a wonderful life for the first time recently at the new Beverly, which is where I wanted to see it. Like it's always on TV, but sometimes when a black and white movie is on TV, it's hard to pick up and do in on it, like in the middle and be like, Oh yeah, I've seen it's a wonderful life. Like that movie should be watched preferably at on a, at a movie theater if you can. And that movie's great. But even that movie, I was like, even though it's more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard, I still don't know if that's a Christmas movie. That's more of just like a, a personal story, a personal journey that, that just so happens to take place around Christmas. And yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, that, that one, when I saw it, I was like, eh, are we sure that it's a Christmas movie? Um, but but again, it's just it's such a dumb argument. Like like what are we arguing? Um, so I, I try to I try not to get too fired up about that. If you think it's a Christmas movie, cool. Like I'll I won't I won't fight you on that one. Um. So yeah, 
This was a... Um, so, yeah, he's trying to get down the elevator shaft. This is a great movie. This movie was great for, like... This movie and Speed were great for elevator shafts and, like, and, uh, and um, like, air conditioner ducts. <laughs> Like the, like the sound of the metal of the, of like air conditioner ducks and, and like, like God, like this movie and speed were just like, they, they, what great use of, of elevators, um, and mission impossible one, the opening of that movie, just great, great elevator set pieces. I don't think like if you, uh, yeah, God, they were great. No one had ever really used the, uh, like the elevator in the way that these movies did and so good. Um, so hope you guys are having a good week. I'm having a pretty good week. Can't complain. Um, I, uh, what did I do? So it's pride. So it's pride month. Um, it is pride month halfway there. I remember when I moved to New York city, my God, I didn't know my ass from my fucking elbow. Part of it is, you know, when I moved there, it was 2005 and the internet, we weren't so locked in to the internet where you knew every fucking thing that was going on in the world at every, at, at all times, but it was there. Um, it just wasn't, we weren't inundated with it. So I didn't know what pride month was. Um, now granted I grew up in upstate New York and we didn't have a pride parade there. Um, and then I went to college in Virginia not a lot of pride parades down there. And when I moved to New York City, uh, so that, so when I first moved there, I didn't, I, I tempt while I was there. And my first temp job was in 2006 for Kiehl's, the, uh, the, I guess, what is it, the beauty line or the fragrance line or whatever they are. You know what Kiehl's is. That's uh, lotions and soaps and shit. So I worked there and I didn't even know what Kiehl's was. And, and when I said that, some people looked at me like, basically they looked at me the same way when I said that I didn't know what pride was. So it was predominantly uh, women and gay men that worked at Kiehl's. And I worked at the just one of their offices. They had a bunch of offices, but basically like this was my introduction to temping is I didn't really know what temping temping was. So my first day they're like, okay, so we have this all this big box of stuff and you need to take this box and its contents and move it into this box. And I was like, wow. All right. (laughs) Wow. Temping is a life hack. Honestly, if you are like an actor or writer or any sort of creative endeavor and you want a side job. Don't wait tables. Uh, basically, your three options should be, especially now, Uber, uh, dog walker, or temp. Those are the three things that you should do if you are graduating from college and you are trying to have also make money while uh, going after what you want to. Those three. I can't think of anything else. I guess like babysitter would be good, but like temping, dog walking. And now, obviously, with with the rise of Uber and and food delivery apps and stuff like that, but so I so that was my temp job, and I was like, wow, this is this is great. Um, so then we, but then we had a we had lunch with everybody, and look, this was my first time being around you know gay people. I mean, I just didn't grow up near it, so this was really my first time, and and I remember they were all talking about Pride Pride Month and the Pride Parade, and I said, what's what's the Pride Parade. They looked at me just like, are you fucking serious? Uh, and 
I, so it was I, like it was a learning experience. I just didn't know. And uh, yeah, they, they were just like, wow, uh, who's this kid? Um, but, but no, like obviously then I was like, Oh, I see. Got it. Okay. Got it. And then obviously, you know, you, when you move to cities with people with open minds and, um, yeah, that, that was, that was that I just like, I just, I just didn't know what it was. And again, like you just, you never heard about it really. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, they eventually cut me some slack there, but, uh, it uh but yeah i didn't know so it's pride month and uh and all the tv's channels have the like the rainbow flag on their logo um and then and then of course they take it down uh so so that's that i uh, <laughs> yeah speaking of uber god you know i'm so tempted to like try uber because i want to see just how like just how difficult it really is because literally like, so I go out when I get, when I get, uh, when I order an Uber or a Lyft, I always go, like I'm watching the map and as soon as they're like right about to turn onto my street, I go outside to meet them. Cause I don't want them fucking looking around. Like I feel bad. And, it, 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 but, but this kind of goes back to what I want to talk about is like, I almost want to try to see just how difficult it really is because literally I'll, when I have like, when I order something from DoorDash or Uber Eats or or whatever, I'll go out there and like, I'm waiting out there and I see like, they'll, they'll, they'll pass my street and, or they'll go in the alley or they'll, they'll pass right by me. And I almost want to like, try it to be like, how do you not like know where my apartment is? Like, it's right there on the map and I'm standing right outside uh, or, or, or they'll like miss my street or they'll like miss a turn. Like I'm literally watching them on the app, like miss a turn. I'm like, yo, how, how are you missing this? <laughs> like what I, cause when I have ways up and I'm, and I'm trying to, and it's trying to show me where I'm going. I mean, I, I usually find, I usually find the spot like fairly easily. Like, Oh, I'm here. Um, um, I, I, uh, yeah, I, I'm tempted to just try Uber for like a week to be like, man, like how, how are, how are so many people getting lost? Um, uh, it's, it's, it, and maybe it's different if you are like, if you're look, if you're doing so like, okay, when I'm on ways, obviously I'm only using ways to go to one place and then I'm there and then I might not use ways again for, you know, a week or two these these people on uber are are they're doing this every day so i've obviously i think maybe at some at, at a certain point their head is just fucking going in so many different places they're looking at that they're getting other orders um they are <laughs> um they're they're just they're just not focused like they they got a lot they're, they're, this is what they're this is their job they're they they're not just doing one order uh they have many coming in they might have a call coming in. So I like, I get it. They're, 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 they're distracted and they're doing it a lot, but man, sometimes they just get really, really lost. And I'm just like, man, like, how do you not see like them? I feel like that the app makes it pretty easy. I'm not trying to go after Uber drivers here because again, like it's, it's not that it's an, a hard job or an easy job, but because, because you're fucking, especially a city like LA, like you're driving around LA, depending on how long you're doing it, if you're doing it at night, let's say you do it from like five to midnight. I mean, 
and LA is a big city and you're traveling all around the city. You might get stuck in traffic. You've got other rides coming in. So like, no, like I totally get it. But man, sometimes these poor guys just are fucking just can't find the place. Um, so I try not to criticize too hard, but, uh, yeah, it, um, oh, there's Ellis. He's the best. Um, you know what I, you know, what's really kind of drives me crazy is commercials, uh, that like ruin a song. <laughs> um, like did anybody, did you guys know that, uh, excuse me. Um, what is that, uh, whole wide world? There was that Ewan McGregor commercial for Expedia that was playing a lot during the March Madness basketball. And it's this song. It's got this song whole wide world by reckless Eric. If I had heard this song, okay. Before that commercial, it's one of those things where I wish I had discovered songs before they were on commercials because this, this, the chorus of this song, like, it's already kind of like this guy's voice is already kind of cringy. Like if I had heard that song in a movie or if I just heard it like at a, at a restaurant being like, Oh, it's a kind of a cool song. But, but having that song play as much as it was with the, in that Ewan McGregor commercial, like, like this in particular, it was, it was like a, knife in my ear it was so annoying and i like i hate i really hate when commercials do that i mean obviously they're not trying to be annoying but that um and then what was that pet shop boys song from uh from the commercial um i think it was this i think it was go west no it wasn't that i forget what it was it was uh they, uh, it, I, I, I can't stand when commercials do that. It was like that one jazz song. I forget what it's called. It's like ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you know that one. Um, it, and then, and then it, once you once you like take a take a time. Once that commercial goes off air, and you take you kind of take a time out, and maybe you hear that song on like a Discover Weekly, like two years after the song was on the commercial or the commercial aired. Like, oh, what a great song. And I'm so glad that I don't have to associate it with, you know, H&R Block or something like that. It's tough. It's like part of me, like, obviously, if you write a song and it's on a commercial that's playing like during Super Bowls and sporting events, you're, you're, you're pumped. But uh, I don't know. It's, it's like my least favorite way to, 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 um, to discover a song uh, is on a commercial because you hear it and you're like, ooh, what, uh, maybe you put your Shazam up. And then, but then they keep playing the commercial and you're like, if you almost want to like throw your TV out the window, it's so fucking annoying. And especially that, oh, no, the whole wide world. Cause it's, it's already a cringy song with this, because with that guy's voice, um, to hear this, I, you know, like to hear this over and over again, it was driving me crazy. And I tried to make a meme out of it. But uh, you guys out there, just I, I couldn't find a good enough picture of the, of the commercial, and I, th- I just don't know that you guys knew what I was talking about. But um, but speaking of music, I got to say, like, there's there's so many great guitar solos out there. Like, um, I'm trying to think like the best ones are, like Stairway to Heaven's got a great guitar solo. 
another brick in the wall has got a great guitar solo like november rain has an excellent guitar solo um i'm trying to think like 25 26 or 5 wait what is that chicago song 25 or 6 to 4 has got a kind of a kind of a ripper of a guitar solo what i think is like low key the best guitar solo ever is from fleetwood mac gypsy like this guitar solo is the most underrated guitar solo like listen to this thing ah 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 Uh, uh, I mean, come on. Uh. <laughs> Woo. Uh. Woo. There he goes. And he goes. Go, Lindsay. Go, Lindsay. Go, Lindsay. It's a birthday. It's a birthday. <laughs> He's in the zone on that one. Like, I, like, I think that that thing smokes like any great guitar solo it is just a i hate saying that things are a banger but that guitar solo and that song is such a banger uh that i don't think it gets nearly enough love when we're talking about the great guitar solos um whether or not it is his birthday he's just fucking crushing that guitar solo i never knew where that expression came from where like you're dancing or you're like you're doing something great and there's that like go go it's your birthday and it was even before 50 cent did it end up in in the club um like i i like it's not my birthday but you're just in the zone and i don't know why it's got to be someone's birthday when they're feeling it uh but man lindsey buckingham just rock like i can't i I would imagine when lindsey buckingham got fired from fleetwood mac which still blows my mind like i can understand if he got fired in like the 80s but to get fired in whenever he got fired it was like it was like recently um just so bizarre i would imagine he was he walked in and, and played the the guitar solo from gypsies like you guys really gonna fire me you're really gonna fire me okay oh okay you got mike campbell to fill in from tom penny and the heartbreakers all right you're really gonna fire me did you hear that guitar solo with gypsy like and i'm sure mike campbell can probably do it but like i'd be like well fine your funeral like have fun have fun without me uh because that guitar solo is just fierce it's so good and it's like so i'm sure he's just super coked up um i mean that thing is just it's so fierce it's so good uh i I love it so much i I get a little tired of of fleetwood mac i got i got and which sucks because i talk about a band that i it's it's like the worst band to ever get tired of because they're so good but i did a little bit during covid during that uh dog face 207 or whatever that guy is which i haven't you know i haven't heard from him lately um that was such a bizarre moment in time i mean covid and everything that came with it was weird but the fact that that i mean again like and brandon i talked about this like that that video was great i don't know if it saved 2020 it's like it was just a guy skateboarding listening to fleetwood mac like that's uh, you, you know uh, the people who came up with the vaccine <laughs> saved 2020 um but uh but no the uh the, i was just so like i can't really listen to fleetwood mac dreams the same way because it's just i don't know i it, it was almost like it like that song is so good but the fact that it was 
it was like made famous by a guy skateboarding. I don't know. I just, I just got, I got burned out of it. So in the similar way that I got burned out of, I got burned out of songs and commercials. Um, um, that it, uh, I was, I just, I just got burned out and I kind of got burned out on Fleetwood Mac too, which is just not fair to Fleetwood Mac cause they're so good. But man, that guitar solo just, Ooh God, I heard it while I was driving the other night and I had to remind you guys. About it. Uh, so now McLean, I was some, yeah, McLean's, um, now he's talking to Carl Winslow and yeah, his tank top is just filthy. Um, you never really saw, I'm trying to think like I, it was always the white wife beaters that were underneath the shirts. I don't know. And I don't know if anyone ever rocked like the blue wife beaters or like the, the, like a brown wife beater is always the white ones, but the one he's got the, the wife, actually his tank top looks better now that it's all dirty. Now that he's kind of gotten into in a few gunfights. I'm telling you that white, the white is just such a scummy look. Um, cause the brown one doesn't look like a guy that beats his wife. It just looks like a guy that's just, it's hot out. And he, he wants something cool and comfortable in the hot weather. Um, the white one is truly like just your backhanding your wife. Uh, that, that it really just, there's something about the white one. Um, so yeah, I think we got about two minutes left. Uh, we can get in some shout outs. Oh, fuck, I keep forgetting to write down the shout outs. Sorry, guys. Sorry about that. Um, so, yeah, let's get into some shout outs. Why don't we? Why don't we have some fun here? All right, here we go with some shout outs. Shout out time. Shouting it out. Let's see what we got here. Um,. Hey, shout out, uh, let's go to the comments here. Great comments. You guys got, you guys continue to just fire off great comments. So let's get into it here. Um, hey, shout out Doug Lust. Big shout out. Um, hey, shout out Throbbing Pickle. Nice shout out. Uh, hey, shout out Chrissy added this. Nice shout out. Um, hey, shout out Billy Fenwick. Been with us for a while. Appreciate you sticking around. Um, hey, shout out to, hey, shout out J.W. Wal- J. Walshy, J. Walshy, shout out. Um, and hey, shout out Tell Stan to shut his pile. <laughs> uh, always good comments, uh, from you guys. Uh, one more. Hey, shout out Jeff Conesgen. Shout out, guys. Thanks for supporting the page. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming to camp. Uh, camp, I would imagine, isn't... No, camp probably isn't in full swing. It, it's so weird. Like, it feels like the summer. Uh, like, I, again, like, June technically isn't the summer, which is just crazy to me because, like, I'd still be in school now if I was... Go- like, the grades that I did go to camp, I would still be in school now. And I guess camp really doesn't start till July, so I guess I started the podcast a little early. Um, but I would imagine parents are getting ready to send their kids to camp, I guess. We'll see. Um, yeah. And I guess the, you know, this is actually the anniversary of the week that Brandon and my, and our, like the, our movie, the Hitman's wife's bodyguard came out in theaters. Um, and yeah, that was, uh, that was a nice day. That was a nice week. We were the number one movie in America until, uh, 
the fast and the furious franchise came along and they were just like, yeah, later guys. Um, but still that week was great. Um, you know, it's not Lawrence of Arabia, but you know, we're, we're proud of what that was, what the movie was and the work we did on it. And, uh, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you didn't enjoy it, no hard feelings. Um, but yeah, that, that was the one year anniversary of that. We saw it with our parents in Vegas. So that was a very special day and a very special time. And I will cherish it always. Um, and just working away on my own stuff. I've got a couple leads here. There's a, got a couple leads, couple, couple leads coming in that I'll be sure to keep you guys in the loop about. Um, let's see where are we at 40, 54. It's gotta be something else I can talk about. Um, yeah, Argyle's about to figure out what's going on. That would suck being, he's stuck in the parking garage and he doesn't realize that this building's being taken over by terrorists. Um, so what else what else what else oh you know what i'm trying to not do so much of and a friend of mine and i were talking about this this week is i really want to be careful going forward in my life (laughs) hyping things up hype is a dangerous thing like um and i think it goes back to uh, like the first episode of the you know our new format here when i was when i was talking about that movie x and how it had 96 <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. I, and it, and it, and it kind of hyped it up. And when I, when I saw it, I was a little underwhelmed. And as, even though I did eventually, I did ultimately like it. It hype is, hype's a bad thing. And I've kind of stopped doing it. Um, I think the only things that I would probably hype up, like if you've never seen Goodfellas, uh, like and by the way, rest in peace, Ray Liotta. I, I don't. I don't know if I never ever acknowledged that. But if I if I ever like if you've never seen Die Hard, I'd probably hype Die Hard up because I can I can confidently stand by. I think you're probably gonna like it. Uh, Goodfellas is another one. If you haven't seen Goodfellas, I would probably be like. I'd probably hype that up. But the thing that I want to stop doing is the, is the hype where you're like, Oh, stop everything. Stop everything. Watch it tonight. It's the best movie ever made. It, like you're only setting yourself up for disaster. Um, and I'm trying to not do that. I think the move now is just to be like, like, okay. So like, so that show hacks that, uh, H a C K S that show on HBO max. I really like that show. And I think now when I bring up a movie or show that I, that I really like, I'm just going to say, I really liked it. Um, I'm not going to say you should watch it. I'm not going to say, uh, <laughs> sorry. I'm not going to say stop everything. The stop everything hype. It's tough hype. You're setting yourself up to, uh, to stop getting to stop wanting uh, movie recommendations. It is, it's, it's a dangerous thing. It, it, the same thing, you know, movie reviews, when you, when you see these movies get these crazy reviews, it, it's best to just kind of ignore it as best as you can. And uh, cause it, it really is. It really, it's kind of like you should really just go. It's like bringing somebody like, like just a hypothetical, like a band like fish or, or really any band, I guess just bring somebody and like, don't say anything. So like if you, if let's say you have a a girlfriend or boyfriend or just friend and you're hanging out and, 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 and diehard's about to start and you're hanging out, just be like, do you want to watch diehard? Like, and don't, and, and if they're like, is it good? Just be like, let's just watch it. Like do that. Or just like, don't even say anything because it really, 
it really it can it, that hype it, it's not good and i'm really trying to stop do it and i'm really just trying to approach more of like a i really liked it and just kind of leaving it at that because i think it's a, it's a, it's a healthier way it's a healthier way of hype um and i think you should uh you should embrace that because yeah, because you know, because here's the thing: it sucks when you're like, "Yo, stop everything! You've never seen Die Hard? Stop everything and watch it! Just, like, stop everything, watch it! You're gonna fucking love it! It's like one of the best things ever." Even though I just said that I would hype up Die Hard, but maybe a better example would be like, um, like Black Swan. Okay, so I watched Black Swan last night, and I remember I saw it in the theater. I really like Black Swan. I, I really like it a lot. But let's use Black Swan as an example. If I was like, "Oh, dude." stop everything watch black swan natalie portman's great in it mila kunis is great in it the french dude the french scummy guy is great in it it's so fucking good it's like so dark and like visceral oh it's fucking badass you're gonna love it that you're gonna love it hype because then when they don't like it you actually like feel offended because and and it, and it, it can start like an unnecessary rift like what you didn't like that what, what? <laughs> it's like that starter pack i made you just you're setting yourself up for disaster and then you're gonna have an argument and it's the dumbest argument that you could possibly have is when somebody doesn't like somebody something that you liked now you're in just a shit argument uh that means nothing and, and <laughs> it's just it's stupid so you got to be careful with hype um you you really you really really do um because because yeah you like you you start to take offense because you're like wait am i stupid for liking this is it shit like and and then then, like i said then then you're in a you're in an argument that's like okay why am i arguing about this like you people like things that you don't like you like things that people don't like and people should just respect your opinion um but it's uh no it, it, it hype it's it's a it's a dangerous thing the problem is there's no other way for to get somebody to watch something unless you hype it up. So it's a real, uh, it's a real tricky situation to be in, um, to hype or not to hype. That is a, that, that's the question. That is the question that's on all our minds. Um, so yeah, just be, be careful on hype. Just tread lightly when it comes to hype. Um, God, that actress from, uh, gone girl, Rosamund Pike. She was just in the commercial. She's forever gone girl. Like everything she's in, this was even a commercial for like, what was that commercial even for? Like tax company. <laughs> uh, what was that commercial? Marcus by Goldman Sachs. It's like an investment app or something. She's gone girl in that she's forever gone girl. Like, I wonder if that bothers her or not. Like she is off her rocker in that movie and she's great in that movie. But man, she's just forever that woman. And uh, that's a tricky typecast because like Glenn Close in um, Fatal Attraction was a real, um, had a real, uh, had a real uh, mean streak in her. But to Glenn Close, obviously, then she's in something else and you completely forget that she was, she was in, that like, she was her character in Fatal Attraction. But man, Rosamund Pike and Gone Girl, she just all I can see is Gone Girl when she's in something, even that commercial for whatever that that uh, investment app is. Um, and that's it. Uh, gone Girl, Gone episode. That is going to be a wrap for today, guys. I uh, hope you had fun. I uh, hope you have a good rest of the week and weekend. And we will, uh, or I will, talk to you next week. All right, guys. Talk to you then later.